Welcome to another episode of the Grove Podcast. Today on the show we have Jacob Prince. Jacob is our student pastor at our Harris campus. What's going on, Gerald? It's good to see you, man. I'm glad to be here, man. Yeah, actually, I said student pastor. You're actually the high school pastor. High school pastor, technically. No offense Mm -hmm. to Ben. Ben Beeson, you do a great job, but you're not here today, so... (laughs) Yeah. Yep. So Ben and I work together, high school pastor, and he got he has middle school. There you go. So. Nice, nice. Yep. Um, let's let's talk about you growing up at Hickory yeah. Grove. You've been around for quite a while. Quite some time. I mean, you're not very old. So <laughs> well, how how old are you? I'm 26. 26. I'll be 27 next 2020 at the end of 2020. End of 2020. So. There you go. So, but you were raised. You grew up mm-hmm. at Main Campus, Harris Correct. Campus. Yes. Um, Talk about that. Yeah. So, uh, 94, my family moved to Charlotte and uh, we had started attending Hickory Grove. So, I actually have, I can find the church bulletin of like my baby dedication. So, that's kind of unique. So, I have the church bulletin of when I was dedicated, uh, when I was baptized. And in 94? Not baptized in 94. I know, but your family moved to Charlotte in 94. Mm -hmm. I was a junior in high school. (laughs) I mean, I was six months old. When we moved mm. here, that's fantastic. Thanks yeah. for that, man. You're welcome, man. That. You're welcome. So you grew up at um, at Hickory Grove, mm-hmm. and you went to school where? I graduated from Butler High School. Butler High School. Yeah. Okay. So good. Crown Point Elementary, Mint Hill Middle, Butler High School. Now your mom's a teacher there, right? My mom is right? a math teacher there. Okay. Yep. Math teacher. Good. And you went to college where? Appalachian State. Say the name again. Appalachian State. Appalachian State University. Well, you know, because. Sometimes I hear people say Appa- Appalachian. Yeah, you hear that from the northern uh, region, okay. like Pittsburgh area, okay. Pennsylvania. They'll say Appalachian. But we're Appalachian down here? And people at Appalachian State, they take great offense if you say yeah. Appalachian. Uh, yeah, right. What's yeah, up yeah. with that? I, mean, I don't know. Have you ever hiked the Appalachian Trail? Not all of it, but I have done portions of it. Is there a portion of it that goes through the school or close by the school? Not close by the school, yeah. How close? Uh, I don't know. I mean, like 20-minute drive? Maybe. Hmm. Yeah. It should go right through the campus. That would be wild. Um, I did it in Grayson Highlands, Virginia, which is a really pretty area. They got a lot of like wild ponies there. Yeah. So it's kind of a fan favorite. Hmm. It's about an hour, hour and a half from school, I think. Hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Now you're a you're a Clemson fan, though, right? I am. My parents went and met at Clemson. Okay. And so growing up, uh, it was all Clemson. I don't know if we had season tickets or we just went to every game. But every Saturday in the fall, we'd be down in Clemson. Um, but it was, one, too expensive for me to go, and two, I wasn't smart enough to go. <laughs> so I, I went to Appalachian instead. Right. But right. I'm still a Clemson fan. Clemson, I mean, they're, they're doing pretty well these days Yeah, in football. It's funny, though. Like, they're doing well now, obviously. But I can remember 10 years ago when we lost to South Florida in the Meineke Car Care Bowl. Mm, so that was a good bowl. These are... These are fun days, but I remember the not so fun days. Yeah. Still. So. Wow. Yeah. You know, Clemson is ACC. I'm yes. an ACC guy because I'm a Carolina guy. Correct. Um, the only Carolina. That's North Carolina, Tar Heels. I anyway, agree. Yeah. Um, uh, but people who are from Georgia who love Georgia football, mm-hmm. all they ever talk about is how the SEC dominates. Right. In football. So what's been interesting for me <clears throat> is to see Clemson do Dominate so well. the SEC. And so I'm pulling say. for I'm pulling for Clemson to win everything all Man, the time now. That would be awesome. Yeah. I got, it, it's happy days for us. I bet. I know one day that we will uh, have a 7-1 season again. 
But, man, these 14, 15 win seasons are awesome. Pretty nice, huh? Yeah, it is. Yeah, we don't know that about football with um, with Carolina. No, you Actually, don't. Actually, right now – we're working I mean, on like eight wins right now in basketball, so we're we're kind of <laughs> basketball struggling. struggling this year. It is. Your one guy got hurt. What's his I'm, name? Cole Anthony. Yeah, he's great. I'm yeah. nervous. I'm nervous. So yeah, he's um, fun to watch though. Yeah, he is. He is. So college, um, you were involved in ministry while you were at Appalachian. Appalachian, I yep. was uh, not campus ministries. Okay, but I got plugged into a couple churches up in the mountains. That was really helpful. Uh, I went to college. Uh, out of high school, feeling a call to ministry. Not really sure what that looked like. Yeah. Uh, but I got involved with a couple churches up there. Uh, if you remember Tommy Lunsford. Oh, yeah. He was here a couple years ago or Absolutely. a while ago now as a pastor. His son, Luke, was a pastor in the mountains. Okay. I got connected with Luke and was able to serve kind of in the student ministry, uh, doing different things. That's actually how I met Ben Beeson. Because okay. he, at the same time, feeling a call to ministry. And we both kind of were discipled by Luke Lunsford. Um, and so... Yeah, I was plugged in there, and then there was a church later uh, whose youth pastor left right before the summer. And because I had a couple of summers of internship experience here at Hickory Grove, uh, this was later in my college, uh, they were like, hey, can you just come teach Wednesday nights, you know, do a missions week, take us to camp? So I was kind of like a part-time youth pastor yeah. for the last seven or eight months I was in college. That's pretty cool. That was really fun. It was a really valuable experience. It was a small kind of rural mountain church, mm-hmm. but I really loved it. Yeah, I, I remember when I was like 19 or so, I was a, like a youth summer intern as well. Yeah, yeah, I was terrible. Yeah. I was terrible. I mean, it, you can probably imagine It's that, unique. Uh, I'm sure you actually did a lot better than you think. Uh, now know. you just have such like high expectations. Well, but yeah, yeah it, it's unique to do kind of especially at a small church. Yeah, it was a small church. Um, yeah, and we had, a, we had a van ministry that picked up some lower income kids. And so there's a lot of going and picking them all up and bringing them to church and then dropping them off. So mm-hmm. a lot of that extra kind of stuff that as a, as a pastor at Hickory Grove, you don't really do. Right. We, I mean, a lot of families will be involved in that, but when you're the only student leader, volunteer, mm-hmm. you have to do it all. Yeah, you right. got to go set up the chairs, you know. So. so it was a smaller church there? Smaller church, yeah. Yeah, yeah the church I served at was real small. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, the town was called Barnesville. Okay. And it was right next to... Um, a town called Yatesville, oh. and we were right on the border. And every year, like the biggest thing in the summer was this thing called the Chitlin Hoedown. <laughs> Sounds like a good time. You know what a Chitlin is? <laughs> no. It's actually called a Chitterling. What is that? It's some sort of uh, chicken. It sounds like a chicken. Chicken yeah. part. Oh. Not like the chicken O's or chicken rings or whatever they're chicken called. Chicken O's. Chicken O's. Long live the chicken O's. <laughs> it's not like that from Camp Paradise. But, yeah, so it was called a Chitlin Hoedown, and from miles away you could smell it. They'd just cook it in a big pot right in the middle of town. That sounds disgusting, but I would love to be there. But we'd go to it, man. It was like a, oh, like man. it was like the Renaissance Festival. Um, you go to the Renaissance Festival? No, it's actually nothing like the Renaissance <laughs> Festival. But, no, I, I, I don't go to the Renaissance Festival. Can I tell Festival. you a funny story? Please tell me a funny this story is, about this the is, Renaissance. You're going to like this. Okay. So uh, I was in, I think, sixth or seventh grade, and we had a field trip to the Renaissance Festival. My dad came as a chaperone. At the time, he was working for Wachovia, obviously now Wells Fargo. Mm-hmm. And we were in this little courtroom kind of scene, and he got called up on stage. And my dad, being the dad he is, when being discussed, mentioned that his son was out in the crowd and that his last name was Prince. And so the princess mm. asked me to come on stage. Mm. You got to think, like, I'm a 12, 13-year-old boy. This 25-year-old woman in a corset. Is like having me on stage, holding my hand. It was really uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. She went and sat back with me and my friends and then gave me a che- kiss on the cheek and walked away. And I was petrified because yeah. the girl I had a crush on 
was set, was there and saw all of it. Now that was Jenna, right? That was not Jenna. I haven't met Jenna yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. This is some girl in like. Because this would have been really. Awkward. I don't even remember the girl's name. I was trying to make it awkward. Nah, I met Jenna later. <laughs> That's awesome. Later in life. That's awesome. Let's talk about Jenna. Let's talk about Jenna. Jenna's yeah. my wife. We've been yeah. married. Let's see. This May will be four years, which Goodness. is crazy. Yeah, time's gone by pretty quick. Yeah. Um, we broke the age-old student ministry rule, don't begin a relationship at camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we broke that rule, so it's kind of funny for us to tell students not to do that Right, now. right. Uh, she was a North Campus girl. I was a main campus guy. I broke the other rule of intermingling. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so we dated for a little bit in high school. And then when we went off to college, we did not go to the same college. Okay. So we did long distance all through college. Where did she go to school? She went to Clemson first, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then she wanted to be an engineer. Didn't want to be an engineer anymore. Wanted to be an educator, and so she transferred to UNT Charlotte after her okay. first year. And so we did long distance for a little bit. She also felt a call to ministry, uh, but thought she was going to go on the mission field. So the summer of 2014, I was interning here for my second time with Powers and Aaron Peters, and she was in Indonesia all summer. I think like nine or ten weeks. Wow. And so we didn't talk much, and I I thought. She was going to come home and we were going to break up and mm. that was going to be it. And she was like, actually, I can see myself like being your wife and that being the ministry I'm involved in. So I was like, deal. At that point, we pretty much picked a date two years in advance and said, Jacob, graduate early, get a job. We're going to get married. Nice. So that's kind of fun to see it come to fruition. That now we have, cool. we have one daughter, Ruthie, who is 15 months mm-hmm. and a son due in February. What about that? Yeah, so we're excited about that. Middle what of February. That? Man, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah, That's we're awesome. real excited. The Lord's, yep. It's kind of just cool to see how the Lord's used the two 17-year-olds who just had a crush on each other yeah. to, like, where we are now. Yeah, you know, for a little while I was a little bit upset with you because Jenna sang mm. in the choir up yeah, here at North. Uh, excuse me, Mallard, Mallard Creek. Well, I guess it was North then. It was North then. Yeah. So I was I was um, not happy that she was going to be mm-hmm. switching churches. Yeah, you know? yeah that, was, that transition, like, it was uh, not difficult for mm-hmm. her. But it was different yeah. because she had such a routine uh, being here. She served in the student ministry here mm-hmm. with uh, Grant Geisler and then I think Roper at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and she loved it. Yeah. I mean, she loved the students here. There were lots of women, you know, like a, a Jen Tadlock meant the world to Jenna. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it was hard for her to leave and to mm-hmm. come to Harris Campus, but she's been uh, well acclimated and found the same things there too. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. So let's talk about your ministry role at Hickory Grove. Um, you're the high school pastor. Give me the give me the lowdown. What's I mean? What's everything you do? Kind of wrap it all up for me. <clears throat> Man, that's really difficult. Yeah. Uh, there's about a hundred, hundred and twenty students, high school students at Harris Campus on a Sunday morning. Um, obviously, we have the big events like Camp Paradise. Mm-hmm. I, I have a big hand in, along with our team. Um, we'll go to Philadelphia for a mission trip in the spring. Then we have D now Operation Charlotte, different things like that. Um, so obviously, you have these events that we plan and. We want them to be engaging and fun. We want it to be kids connecting with the student ministry and feeling mm-hmm. like they belong, while also obviously prioritizing the gospel, sure. sharing the gospel with them, teaching them how to share the gospel, giving them basic principles. Uh, one thing that's unique, I guess, to me is uh, because I'm, my office is at the Harris campus mm-hmm. where the Christian school is, mm-hmm. I have a pretty big involvement with the Christian school, I would oh, say. Yeah. like It's very easy for kids just to come by and knock on my office and chat for a little bit before. Mm-hmm class. I have a D group of four boys that meet with me during lunch on Wednesdays. So different things like that. Wednesday nights, obviously, we teach mm-hmm. Sunday school and as well. And yeah. Partnering with families and Sunday school teachers. Mm-hmm. That's 
very generic, I guess. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, very high, high level. Yeah. Now you've had a you had a pretty significant um, event kind of happen with with you. Um, several weeks back, you were ordained. I was, yeah. So let's talk about that because some people may not know what it means for someone to be ordained. So you yeah, just want to walk us through some of that. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, you can see embryonic form in Acts six and I think thirteen where. Men are set apart, you know, you see like Stephen, one of the seven set apart to serve. That might be like embryonic form of a deacon. Mm -hmm. And then you see kind of Paul and Barnabas set apart later. And really they set apart for ministry and people laid their hands on them and prayed. So Mm -hmm. at my ordination service, that's all all you saw. You saw me and my wife set apart and other pastors come and prayed for Mm -hmm. us. And just kind of it it being the church's affirmation of my call to ministry. And how the Lord will uh, continue to use me, mm-hmm. Lord willing. So, so Mike Powers was there, Doctor Mike Powers, Doctor Mike Powers, and he, uh, Michael Stephen, Michael Powers. Stephen Powers. He preached at that, mm-hmm. and um, it was really neat to hear him um, talk about how he's seen you come from, you know, a student, right? Coming through, yeah. the, coming through the student ministry, um, and now being ordained as a pastor to serve in the same church. That's right. a that's a pretty cool, pretty cool it, deal. It is, it was yeah. really special for yeah. for Mike and I both. I would say. I mean. Beside my father, Mike has been the man with the biggest spiritual influence in That's my life. That's cool. That's really I cool. mean, when I was a student, uh, I remember a couple conversations I had with him. Um, when I was an intern, he was my boss twice. Mm-hmm. Now he still serves as my boss. You know, actually, when we went to Camp Paradise this year, Bob mm-hmm. Cooper, it was our last time at Bob Cooper. And at the end of it, I sent him a text. I was like, hey, man, you took a sixth grader here 14 years ago or so. That's cool, man. And, like, now... I'm, I'm doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so, well, actually, Mike is really good at always thinking, like, pressing my ministry more. Mm-hmm. And so he said, actually, I just hope that there's a sixth grader that you took today that can replace you one day, too. Yeah. And just kind of seeing that, That's like, cool, man. you know, the, I guess the language, like, you know, passing the torch type of yeah. thing, hand the baton off yeah. uh, that Mike's been able to do to me, which, and Aaron <laughs> Peters obviously mixed mm-hmm. in there as well. Yeah. Um, but just how the, the gospel and ministry will continue forward. So he laid a great foundation for Ben and I to build upon. Um, and so really the things that we do are the things that I learned as a student from Mike. Mm-hmm. I learned as an intern from Mike. And even as my first couple of years, just I'm able to um, build upon the foundation of the gospel mm-hmm. really that he laid for us. That's good. That's mm-hmm. good. Now let's talk about the actual process of ordination. There's a council that right. you kind of meet with. Right. Um, weeks, months, whatever before, mm-hmm. beforehand, and this is a time for them to ask you a whole bunch of questions, right? Um, theological questions, doctrinal kind of things, um, and you pretty much have to kind of pass that, right? Yeah. What is what is that like? It, it's pretty intimidating going into. I, I will say though, beforehand, maybe a month before the actual council date, uh, I was emailed uh, like two questionnaires. One was kind of my testimony and how the Lord called me to ministry, different things like that. And then one was all those theological questions. So they are gracious mm-hmm. to allow me to prepare beforehand. Mm-hmm. So I, I sent that back. So they actually have that with them and okay. are just able to dive in a little bit more. But, I mean, you think about it. Like like I said, Mike Powers, uh, Pastor Clint is a very uh, wise and discerning man and uh, really smart. Yes, he and is. So you don't yeah. want to sound like an idiot in right. front of him. Right. And, and obviously Pastor Steve as well. So right. um, you want us, You want to feel well-informed and well-spoken. Mm. What is it like, though? Like I've, <clears throat> excuse me, I've, I've been, in the, I've been in, uh, in the presence of Pastor <laughs> when he approves of something and when he disapproves of something. Yeah. And oftentimes that sign is the same 
<laughs> like when his foot gets going, you know, like he starts tapping his foot on the floor. Is and, he encouraging uh, you or is he wanting you to stop talking? Well, you're right. You just yeah. don't know. Yeah. Like I, I've talked to several staff guys who have come in and been like, yeah, it was weird. He asked me a question and I was answering and all of a sudden his foot starts patting. And I'm like, is that good or bad? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's good. But then right. he'll kind of tap it another way and it's like, oh no, not that's, good. that's, yeah. yeah, that's not good. So yeah. was there yeah. some foot, foot tapping going on? There might have been underneath the table, yeah. but more than anything, that was a very encouraging time for me. Good. Obviously, men that I look up to, mm-hmm. like I said, like I remember the first time I went to go listen to Pastor Clint preach as a mm-hmm. sophomore in high school when he came. That was a time where I was really desiring more of the Bible, and yeah. he came and preached it to me. Yeah. And so uh, it was really encouraging. You were a sophomore in high school when he came here? Yeah, I was. Well, he's, he's much older. Than both of us, so <laughs> you're anyway. saying it, not anyway. Me. Go ahead. You're saying it. Uh, you're grave. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it was really encouraging for me to look up to these men, and you know, Pastor Steve, uh, he was really close to my dad. Like my my dad and Steve were mm, real close. Okay. Just over time, he's got kids about my age. So when he came, you know, way back in like 2004, mm-hmm. my family just connected with his family really well. That's good. And it was funny for him to say, not funny, I guess. It was encouraging for him to say, I've watched you grow up, yeah. and it's kind of crazy to call you a colleague now. That's cool. And that meant a lot to me. That yeah. was encouraging. So yeah. as intimidating as the council was, it was also really encouraging for mm-hmm. me too. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Now, you came up through Hickory Grove. Mike was your student pastor. Right. Um, and, like, he's still here. <laughs> I mean, it, it does make it sound like he's been here forever. He hasn't been here all that long. I, mean, I like guess I don't know what fifteen years, something maybe? like that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But um, it's just neat, uh, I guess, from from his perspective to to see you as a student come up, um, and then you know that whole passing torch thing. But it's right. it's also neat, I guess, for me. I'm kind of outside looking in, mm-hmm. thinking, man, what a legacy you've been able to be a part of and kind of grow up in under um, Mike in the in the student ministries at at our main campus, uh, but now also for you to turn and lead it. That's a that's right. a pretty cool thing. And then now you're looking toward um, students who are uh, potentially want, wanting to go into ministry. Right. What is what does a lot of that look like for you as far as having having um, students that you want to pour into that one day, I mean, just the idea of thinking maybe, maybe there's a guy there who's going <laughs> to take your job one day, you know? I, it's funny. I actually do think about that and mm-hmm. have even prayed for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. I mean, that idea of uh, my ministry one day will end, but the gospel ministry will not. Mm-hmm. One day Hickory Grove, the bricks may crumble, sure, but the gospel will go on. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, whether it be a student now or a student that I'll have in five years, obviously I pray that the Lord will call people to ministry. Mm-hmm. And so the <clears throat> events that we do obviously were significant to my life. Like I can remember a time at Camp Paradise where the Lord really convicted me of certain sins mm-hmm. uh, and the way that I would treat people as well. And so now, like when I'm at Camp Paradise, I'm, I'm praying the same thing. Mm-hmm. Lord, I, I pray that you would convict somebody sitting right there yeah. uh, for for holiness. Mm-hmm. And so same thing with mission trips that we do in Operation Charlotte and even like, even the simple things of Sunday school, because I know what it's like to go to Sunday school as a teenager at 930 in the morning and for you guys even earlier than that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, every morning, Sunday morning, I'll, I'll go to church and pray for Sunday school, you know, that it would not feel stale, that mm. the teachers would teach That's well, good, and that the students would want to be there. The, I guess the other thing um, that is unique to Harris Campus is the, the unspoken divide between the Christian school and non-Christian school students. Okay. I, I felt that as a, as a student growing mm-hmm. up. 
going to Butler High School, you take my siblings out of it, there's really only two or three other students who were at school and church with me. Mm-hmm. Where you have some students at Hickory Grove Christian School, there's like 70 other students who go to school and church with them. Right. Um, and so that's one thing I, I prioritize uh, as a student pastor now is making sure that those who don't feel like they're in with the Christian school can still fill in with the student ministry. Yeah. And we have like 30 high schools represented, actually. Uh, 30 high schools. 30. Like, wow. Basically, if you drive by a high school, mm-hmm. there's a student from Acre Grove there. Wow. Which is, which is kind of interesting. Uh, Chuck Lawless at Southeastern Seminary, he teaches on this drive-by praying. So if you pass by someone's house that you know, or you pass by a situation where someone works and you know they're trying to share the gospel, just like a 10-second prayer as you drive by. Mm-hmm. That's a habit that I like to have sure. and encourage Sunday school teachers to have is when you drive by high school, there's probably a student there. You should pray for them. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so it's kind of a fun. That's very cool. Kind of fun little thing as you travel around town. Yeah. And I know that Blake has just as many more in Cabarrus County, Roman mm-hmm. County. Yeah. So. Yeah. So there's a lot of the Christian Christian kids Christian school kids, a lot of Christian kids. There's a lot of Christian well. kids. But our Christian school at the Harris campus, mm-hmm. a lot of those kids come to our student ministry stuff. And that that presents a different dynamic, you think? It does. Yeah. It does. Uh, obviously, the Christian school students are in a Bible class mm-hmm. one, one semester a year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're, they have a great biblical literacy. I mean, our, our Bible teachers are top of the line they at are. the school. Dr. They Q are. does a phenomenal job getting the right mm-hmm. people in place. And so they have a high biblical literacy, and it's sometimes their head knowledge outraces their life experience. Sure. And so some of some of my like intentional effort is to bridge the gap mm-hmm. and say, hey, that word that you're learning, that's how it affects this area mm-hmm. of your life. That's good, man. You know, a lot of students they know the word sovereignty and they even pray with the word sovereignty in it, and then they freak out when life goes out of control. <laughs> right. And it's like, hey, that two dollar theology word you have, like that actually has an effect on the way that you live your yeah, life. Right. So that's kind of fun that. It is all intertwined for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. So you, you talk about students now. Let's let's move into what are some some things you think students struggle with, like um, students who Goodness, that yeah. you come across. Yeah, I would say going into student ministry, I would have thought the biggest struggle would be some sort of like sexual sin, mm-hmm. uh, homosexual sin included in that, uh, but just kind of sexual immorality, I guess, would be yeah. the umbrella term. I thought sure. that would be the, the big one, and it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of that is private, and so we can preach to it, and we can pray that the Lord bring conviction, and we can pray that parents would be involved in protecting their children. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, another really big sense struggle, I guess, or just kind of thing that students deal with is anxiety is really mm-hmm. uh, common. It, yeah. It's a really pressing issue, yeah. uh, just feeling the world is out of control. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, social media interacts us with things from everywhere. Mm-hmm. So it can be that's, that's it can it, affect our students for sure. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, when, when Blake and I were uh, were in here, right, yeah. Blake kind of said this, some of the same stuff. Yeah. So it's like it's, um, you know, I mean, there, there's a there's a pretty pretty good divide as far as some of the students here maybe don't know a lot of students there. And so it would be easy to say that that could be a, it's just a student thing, not a, just a Hickory Grove, you know, yeah. Mallard or Harris, but I mean, it's, it's Yeah, they say it's like a Gen Z thing. Right. Which would be anybody from like 25 to like 10, I think. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> wow. And so obviously there's there's a need for good relationships from a lot of these students to, for sure. to have with 
um, older, wiser people that can help them walk through things, whether it's their parents or student pastors, right. um, Sunday school teachers, Sunday school teachers. And so there's a there's a great responsibility, I think, that um, that you carry. I carry. We all carry. Right. Um, you know, and um, yeah, that's that's good that you're always wanting to equip and um, and, yeah. and um, prepare these people for those type deals. Um, let's talk about relationships with students. Um, do you find that there's a lot of students that are wanting that relationship kind of like, like a dating a, relationship, yeah, like a whole dating thing? <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. And it, like I said earlier, it's kind of funny because that was Jenna and I. So Jenna and I go to camp now. We're like, we're trying to see like, okay, like who's mm-hmm, who's right. eyeing each other now? Sure. Uh, and then it's obviously just all in fun. Uh, yeah, you, you you do deal with it as a student pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, students like, hey, can I come to your office? This guy just dumped me. Mm. Um, and just kind of walking them through like that kind of heartache, but in a gospel sense. Okay. Uh, you know, to say something like, hey, the, the Lord loves you. He cares for you. He, mm-hmm. he looks out for your interest. Uh, he will never leave you. He will never betray you. Mm-hmm. So like in times of turmoil in the light sense of a high schooler, uh, turn to the Lord mm-hmm. and, and see that, see his faithfulness to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it is very much a thing. Yeah. But then also like dating wisely. Yeah. Dating wisely. Is now we, we talked a little bit offline about, um, even kind of like students, but also college kids and even people your age are yeah. dealing with the whole singleness and what, what that, yeah. what that looks like. Speak to that a little bit. Yeah. I think, uh, marriage is obviously a good thing. I, I, I have benefited personally Absolutely. Uh, from the sanctifying grace of marriage. Mm-hmm. And Jenna is by far the best wife the Lord could give me. Um, and, and just like best friend too. Mm-hmm. However, I think in the church we almost idolize marriage. Mm-hmm. And we, we make it feel like varsity varsity church members are those that are married. And if you're not married, you're still on JV. Wow. And okay. you got to get promoted. That that's, seems harsh, but sure. I think it's a good illustration for it. Sure. Um, and actually, like at the same time, I have a Sunday school teacher uh, he's a single guy. Uh, he's 24, maybe. He's out of college, working. And every Saturday morning, 7.30 a.m., he meets his Sunday school class, or those that want to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sunday school class at Bojangles off Almar Road, out by 485. Yeah. And he's walking through disciplines of a godly man. Wow. And he has, you know, anywhere between 4 to like 10, even on a Saturday morning. Wow, 7.30 that's cool. a.m. That's something. Saturday mornings, I'm helping my wife take care of my kid, get up from bed, and right. giving her baths and changing diapers. Wow. I'm a little tied down, mm-hmm. whereas like this this guy in particular, mm-hmm. his just love for the Lord and desire to reach and disciple yeah. students is providing him that ability that I, I don't have. Mm-hmm. And so there's actually great value for people who are not yet married yeah. uh, in the church and should be celebrated. Should be celebrated for sure. Do you find that there is, um, like just the people that you're around, do you feel like there's a pretty significant pressure for them on them to be married? I think there is. Yeah. And it's not just Hicker Grove. Yeah. I, I have friends at other churches mm-hmm. who feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. It is, I think, probably a result of the culture. Sure. That kind of romantic movie industry is probably influenced oh, us yeah. a lot. Yeah. Which is weird to say, but obviously we know marriage is a good and godly thing. Mm-hmm. But Paul actually talks about 1 Corinthians 7 that singleness is also a good and godly thing. Right. And so it, th- everyone has a place in the kingdom and mm-hmm. everyone has a specific role and use in the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, you talk about culture, you know, it's like, I, I remember when I was out of college, people would ask me, so when, when are you going to get married? Mm. And then it's like, you know, I get married, and then the next question is, when are you going to have kids? That's right. There's always another question. Right. And then, like, people would come visit us in the hospital after our child was born, and they were like, well, and they're already the asking one? you. When's I the next know. one coming? Joke's on you. It came quick for us. Yeah? 
I mean, they're 16 months apart, I think. That's pretty quick. That is pretty quick. That's quick, man. That is it's, quick. It's not the quickest you've ever heard, though. How do you know what I've heard? I know that I've heard of people being born the same year. What? You never heard that? They're called Irish twins. What? Yeah, yeah. I'm part Irish. Really? Well, I mean, Gerald Fitzpatrick Malloy. Fitzpatrick, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I like sense. Irish, don't I? Yeah. I like yeah. fish and chips. You do like fish. Mm-hmm. I do. You like to fish. We're way off subject. We are. Anyway, talk about how it was, uh, talk about your adjustment to fatherhood. Parenthood? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say, just by the Lord's grace, he put a lot of things in my life that forced me to, to mature. Yeah. I, I remember starting a ministry praying, Lord, m- mature me for the sake of like leading students. Mm-hmm. And so his plan was for me to get married and have kids. Yeah. <laughs> so in a lot of sense, uh, yeah, it, it's been a sanctifying, maturing process. I would say the, the thing that has been the most unique, and I'm sure other new parents have dealt with this, but it's good to process, is how little control you actually have. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the first trimester, there's potential for a lot of miscarriages uh, that unfortunately a lot of couples will have to go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is something unique to where when Jenna was in her first trimester with Ruthie, that we went to the doctor, and there's actually nothing the doctor can do to keep that child alive. Like, it feels that way. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, uh, come in, heartbeat looks great. There's nothing we can really do anyways. Yeah. And just as a testament that there is there's one person mm-hmm. in the Lord uh, in the world upholding that child. Mm-hmm. It's not Jenna, and it's not the doctor. It's sure. the Lord. Absolutely. The Lord gives life. The Lord sustains life. So very early on, that sense of worry that I may have felt quickly became a realization that the Lord is the only one in control mm-hmm. uh, and I can depend and trust in him. You take that, you know, nine months down the road and I got a kid who can't sleep <laughs> and I'm, I am like just crawling through the day Yeah. or I got a kid who's got the sniffles and a little three month old, the sniffles, that wears a lot on a new parent. Mm-hmm. And you, you begin to worry, like worry is so easy. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to become anxious. And it's just good to be reminded that there is there is someone who is in control of this child. Mm-hmm. There is someone who is upholding and caring for this child far greater than I can. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paul Tripp, actually, in his book, Parenting, you ever read it? It's got, like, the rocking horse on the front yes. cover? Yes. In his book, Parenting, he emphasizes the use of the word stewardship mm-hmm. uh, rather than ownership. It's a weird, it, not weird, it's a good but very different it mindset. It is, because it is, in our world... Like, it is my child. Mm-hmm. I, de- I say what goes for that child. Mm-hmm. I decide what's mm-hmm. best for that child. And uh, Paul Tripp, he emphasizes the word stewardship. It's like, no, actually, that's the Lord's child. Mm-hmm. And you are to steward this life to understand the gospel. Yeah, completely different concept. Yeah. It is completely different. It's also very freeing, mm-hmm. I-, I think, for new parents to come to that realization. Yeah. yeah. So I remember when Miles was... I don't know, maybe three or four months old, Mm -hmm. he got the hiccups, Mm -hmm. right? And so I had this book that told you everything about parenting. Right. And uh, just to speak. What was the name of that book? You know, I I don't know. Was it Baby Wise? Ooh, you know, we did do that. Yeah, that's a a book Jenna has. No, like Growing Kids God's Way or something? Uh, Maybe, Growing God's Way? Yeah, yeah, Baby Wise. Yeah, we did all of that, and, and we loved it. Mm-hmm. Just talking about scheduling, putting right. your kids on schedule. Uh, now, Anyways, I'm sorry. No, no, it's funny because now, like, I look at Miles and think, oh, that is the most scheduled kid. Like, he, <laughs> if anything is out of schedule, he's just like, Dad, what, what's going on? You That's know? funny. It's, it's, it's real funny. But I remember one time, just speaking to anxiety and, like, um, the stress of being a parent, 
uh, he had the hiccups, and so Tammy's like, oh my gosh, what's happening? And I'm like, I, I think it's the hiccups, but we have to fix it, because like his chest would like <laughs> cave in. It's like, yeah, oh it's my crazy, goodness. man. So I went and looked at the, at the book. So anything that can happen to your kid, it has it's a in this book. section in this book. So you open the book up, and it says, your child may have hiccups from time to time. <laughs> it left me hanging. That's it. That's so it. I was like, that's all you got. okay, well, I got nothing. Man, so I know. You know, we're going to trust that the Lord would take care I, of these hiccups. It <clears> is. <throat> Like I said, frustratingly relieving because mm-hmm. yeah. my, my tendency, I, I love to fix. I love to yeah. control. And just time and time again, I have to be reminded, like, this is the Lord's child and Absolutely. the Lord is in control. Absolutely. Which is really freeing for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you were going to say something about children? Children? Yeah. I, when I just think of, Jen and I are real blessed to have both our parents live in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And so we have babysitters on the drop of a dime. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, but it's also really comforting when older people in the church who have raised children, not just like young, cool college kids who want to babysit. Sure. Like, yeah, they're going to ask because they think babies are cute. But like when uh, a, an established parent or even empty nester, mm-hmm. you know, asks, hey, is there anything we can do for you guys? That's always real comforting to new parents. Yeah. And it's just kind of unique how the church is there for one another. Because when I think of, like, the secular world, they don't have families to come bring them meal trains. Mm -hmm. They don't have people Mm -hmm. looking out for them unless it is their family. Right. Uh, You know, Emily Marr is my assistant. I'll brag on her for a second. That's all right. Yeah. She's my assistant, and she does really good in her neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And there is a neighbor across the street, I guess, who just had a baby recently. And Emily's very hospitable. Mm -hmm. And so she would bring them meals and just watch their kid, hold their kid for a little while. Yeah. So that the mom could like take a shower, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just kind of unique. That mom said to Emily, like, I'm so glad you're here for me. Like, I don't have anybody else that's here. That's cool, that. man. And it's like, man, that's a blessing of the church that mm-hmm. it's normal for us to an extent. But it's also something that we can do for the secular dying yeah. lost world as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we always had <clears throat> someone at the church uh, just pour into us, invest right. in us. Right. Um, and. It's, it's always been a blessing. I think about the church we're at in Florida. Um, I've got a friend named George who used to always want to help and want to be around. Yeah. And he, he and his wife Jody were so good to us. Uh, people at our church in Georgia, um, they were just great to us, and, and we're so thankful for these people. Um, even here, uh, lots of people want to come in and help. And mm-hmm. what's neat is um, uh, my, my buddy George down in Florida used to always say, one day, do this for someone else. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, you know, don't worry about, you know, don't pay me back or don't anything. Just do this for someone else one day down the right, road. Yeah. And now it's neat to see we're now at that age. You're able to do that. Where my wife is able to go and do that. Go right, bring yeah. a meal or go help, you know, with some uh, some kids here here or there or whatever. Right. And, and our, our church, uh, I would say, has a pretty pretty good established culture sure. of doing that yeah. already. And so, yeah, that's 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 really neat that our church can can do all that. For sure. So, yeah, man, Jacob, today's been awesome. Thanks for being here hey, today. I really appreciate, appreciate you, you coming in yeah. and spending some time with us. And um, yeah. we're excited about um, you. I think you're a fantastic pastor. Well, um, I've that. thought that since day one. Um, with you, you're a wise beyond your years. Um, and I've seen that. I've been on on the mission field with you. Been to Pittsburgh with you several times, and um, I've seen you in in action. You're a, you communicate the gospel in such a clear, articulate way. Mm. Um, and I'm excited to see how the, how the Lord will continue to bless you and your family, and also your ministry at Hickory Grove. I appreciate so, that, man. You are the man. I think you're a great guy, 
That's and so kind. Your wife's even better. So. Man, no <laughs> doubt about that. We've been able to learn from a lot of great pastors. Yeah, like, good. Like yourself. So. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. So. Well, thanks for being having here. me, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Glad you're here, and thanks for tuning in. All See right. you next time.